Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Franny Benali. This is Klaus Lundekram. I'm Matt Letitia. Dean Hammond's here. And you're listening to In That Number. Kevin the Moscow Milton. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush. And me, Ray Hunt. You can find me on at Ray Hunt 84. Follow the show on at Number Podcast on Twitter. And on Facebook, Instagram, and Telegram on In That Number Podcast. Email us with your thoughts and feelings on In That Number Podcast at gmail.com. And if you like what you hear, consider sharing your support by visiting buymeacoffee.com forward slash in that number. Let's march on in. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, part of the Sports Social Network. This is episode 209, uh, another two-game week to go over as we braved a cold Tuesday night in Stoke and lived to tell the tale. Then we returned home uh, as we faced off against the struggling Rotherham side, where we somehow managed a point. Uh, to say it was frustrating was an understatement. Lots of possession, completely dominated. And we couldn't see them off and we paid the price for it. Very disappointing end to what would have been a very good week, I suppose, with uh, with the news of Charlie Alcaraz and, and the, the Stoke win. And then we go in and the week like that. It's very, very difficult to see anything else now. Um, but we have to award our player and goal of the month for September as well. Uh, with me to do all this is the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton and Tim Bizantz. Uh, welcome along, guys. Hey. More than handy three points at the Bet365 Stadium. They seem quite a long way off now, don't they, Kev? Yeah, Tuesday does seem, seem quite distant, but it's it's been an all right week, I suppose. We've had worse, haven't we? Oh, goodness, yes. Yes, we've had a lot worse. Um, but yeah, as I say, it's just difficult with that game being the last thing. I suppose if it, if the Rotherham game had been on the Tuesday and the Stoke one, 
yesterday. It wouldn't have been so bad. It's just a bitter way to end it. Um, Tim, we've got a week off next week. International break, so we can, you know, regroup. And, and then we've got, a, you know, a string of really, really nasty games, um, starting with that whole game who sit one place above us on goal difference. Um, you'll be giving us a, a premature preview of our trip to the MKM Stadium. But yeah, well, good week, I suppose. Given the marks out of 10, what would you say? Seven. Yeah. We... We don't we don't need to be a seven out of ten though. We've made uh we've really screwed it up the last uh well September, <laughs> and then from there we need to be able to build back into it. Because now if you see the huge gap between Leicester with Leicester and Ipswich, uh, we're we're destined for the playoffs if we can even get to there. So for now, you know, we need to be nine out of ten consistently through i mean through christmas through january through february because if not we're going to get lapped and it's only going to get uglier and if we even have any semblance of a chance um so this is kind of a uh, i would say heartbreaking but really 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 depressing in terms of not being able to close out a win against Rotherham. definitely yeah that's the only thing i see at the moment it's just it's hard to get around the disappointment of that um but i mean we held on against stoke Uh, we got I suppose we got a little bit lucky, didn't we, with a penalty decision, which I'm sure VAR would have overturned. Um, but focus on the win. Uh, defensively, we were sorted in that game. I mean, Bazunu as well did everything that was asked of him. Uh, and a yeah, truly wonderful, uh, wonderful goal from the magic boot of Stuart Ward-Prowse. Um, and a clean sheet, the uh, first since Man United back in March. So, yeah, Kev, that Stoke game, it wasn't... We rode our luck at times. Stuart Ward-Prowse, I like him. Mm. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was um, a lot less eventful than the Rotherham game. There was a lot less less going on. Say so it to come away with three points on the... Uh, God, do we have to keep saying it? Cold, wet Tuesday night in Stoke. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I bet Stoke fans must be so bored of that by now. Like, every, every single team. Um, But yeah, Tim, the, the Rotherham game is it's definitely not viewed as a point gained. Uh, it's a massive opportunity missed and a game that we... Well, it should have seen us in the playoff places and it's just everyone was walking away yesterday feeling like it was a defeat, but we have to remember it was a point still. Yeah, I wanted to say that um, we lost it 1-0 and they won it 1-0. Yeah, exactly. Is that for them? They're, they're, yeah, they're coming away with a, with a victory, really, aren't they? <laughs> they they needed anything uh, to go their way because they're destined for relegation. And so for us to be able to give up two points, yes, I understand why you're like, oh, it's still a point. But these are the teams that we need to beat. These are the teams we need to close against. We need to feel comfortable in these games because when you do play the the Sunderland, the Blackburn, uh, I mean, even the West Broms, you're going to have that little edginess where they, they can definitely take the chance. Whereas for your QPR, your Sheffield Wednesday, your Rotherham, you need to beat them and you need to beat them handily and feel comfortable because if not, the goal is promotion. And if you cannot feel comfortable going into a game expecting to win and coming out with what feels like a loss to me, uh, I'm just not very happy with uh, with how it turned out. Definitely not. And on the way home, I said the, I said to the, the, the people that I was with that this is the easiest game of the season. I know, I know you've still got Sheffield Wednesday at home, but I think Rotherham at home is the easiest game of the season. And if you're not winning that handsomely, then there's a problem. And it, that's what it feels like. It's just... 
yeah, you just look at this afterwards at the end of the season and think, oh, you know, we missed out on a couple of points there. That was massive because you know that, you know, teams like Leicester and even Ipswich at the moment, Preston, whoever, whoever else is up there, they're going to be taking three points uh, against Rotherham. And Rotherham actually haven't actually picked up a point on the road, have they? So, uh, yeah, very, very disappointing. And again, that Stoke result just seems like so far away with this that's just happened but anyway we have to move on uh yeah join our discord <laughs> please uh get in touch if you're interested in chatting amongst fellow friendly would you say we're friendly in there yeah we're actually our group yeah, yeah definitely <laughs> good. good yeah friendly passionate saints fans i mean yeah you can join them with our predictions game chats various fantasy football leagues um and if you're interested then you only need to contact us through uh through our various means of communication that's email twitter instagram facebook uh, somebody will be on hand to get you in. Right, uh, ITN News. This is ITN in that number news. Okay, then ITN news. Uh, the first bit of news is that the best bit of news, I suppose, is Charlie Alcaraz. Um, well, there's two bits of news on him, but firstly, called up to the Argentina squad. Championship players rarely get called up, but uh, well, Saints players rarely get called up, but by the world champions as well. So, yeah, it's great. Congratulations to, to Charlie. And Tim, you know, we were discussing this in the week and you brought up the point that well, you asked the question, is it the only Argentinian player to be called up whilst playing for Saints? That is correct. It is. It is. Yeah, I, I found that hard to believe because I was like, no, there must be more. There's got to be more. So then I was like tracing back through the years thinking, oh, I'm sure there's somebody that we've missed. Yeah, Gatsaniga got his only cap while he was at Spurs. Uh, Willie Caballero got all his caps while he was at Chelsea. Uh, and Guido Carrillo, well, I mean, he was never going to get called up, was he? But, um, <laughs> but that's about another, there was only a couple more. There was a couple of low knees. You've got like Marcelo Sarmiento, who never actually got on the field in his six months for Saints, let alone noticed by Argentina. And then likewise for Federico Arias, who spent three months on loan here. And it also never got on the field. I find it hard to believe that Alcaraz is the only one. I find it hard to believe that he's been called up at all, to be honest. As in you don't agree with it? Or you no, I, don't, I mean, I don't think he doesn't deserve it. But I'm just surprised that, you know, with all the players that um, Argentina have got, they called up a player from the championship. I mean, it's great news. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. He definitely deserves it. But, um, yeah, that's, it kind of came out of nowhere. And that myth of Gareth Southgate not selecting James Ward-Prowse because of Saints players has gone because he's still not selecting him when he started so well for West Ham. So basically, he just doesn't like James Ward-Prowse. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's good. It's great news. It's great news. But um, even better news, I guess, is the is the the contract extension for for Alcaraz. One year extension, making it five years, and so yeah, t- ten months after his initial deal. What did you make of it, Ked? Because there are there are parties suggesting that we nailed him down so we could make sure we get a better price for him in January or, or next summer. Or, you know, is this a statement from the club saying that we want to keep hold of our best players and we're giving him the wage that fully warrants his, his prestige with the club? Yeah, maybe slight pay rise and also sticking in a hefty sell-on clause, you know. Is that the way you see it? Is that you? I mean, you, maybe. Yeah, I think they're, they're saying that it might be his last season with Saints, so might as well make the most out of him. I think if we don't go up, then he's gone, isn't he? And I think it, maybe that there is a clause in there that says that if we don't go up, mm. then then he, he gets to go. I mean, we don't know the ins and outs of that. But, Tim, how did you see the contract? Did you see it as a good bit of business from the club? Or did you see it as, an, as the fact that they just want to become that selling club that we clearly are and they still deny? Uh, I think it's an advantage for both both parties involved. So for us, we get a little bit more security. Uh, we get the opportunity to, you know, if uh, with an extra 
gear, there's going to be extra value if he does want to be sold on later on, later on in January or in the calendar year uh, in the summertime. Uh, and then probably for him, yeah, he gets that payable. He might, and we don't know if they have that relegation clause or not a relegation, but not going up clause <laughs> or like a re- release clause. Yeah. So if he didn't, you know, if we don't have a release clause and state that, oh, if you get a 15 million pound bid or 20 million pound bid, you're guaranteed. And as long as you want to go, we're going to accept it. Uh, so there, it could it could be there. And for him, you know, it's it's only one more year. So I think it's more of that security factor. And he's shown dedication. He's shown interest in being here. So, you know, a big smile on a guy, 20 years old, really has an opportunity to flourish even more, uh, especially under the wing of Russell Martin. Kevin, yeah, everyone's favorite Welshman, Nathan Jones, uh, is, is favorite for the Shepherd Wednesday job. Woo! The shock. He the they've uh they've already they're slowly announced it by the way, um it's not for Nathan Jones. Oh, is it Neil Warnock? No, it's um it's the understudy of Ralph Hasenhutl. Uh, oh, Danny Roll. Name? Yeah, Danny Roll is 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 uh is going to be announced as the manager. Yeah, well, those two, uh, Nathan Jones and Danny Roll, were the, were the top in the week when I saw it, and then uh, when I looked at it later on in the week, it was obviously Neil Warnock because, well, that's what Neil Warnock does. He just tops everything like that. But um, yeah, Danny Roll, especially Rowe. Yorkshire clubs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was. Um, I thought that was going to be nailed on then, but no, obviously not. Um, and Nathan Jones still hasn't got a job then. But yeah. Um, Stephen Davis, have you heard? Have you heard the, his news in the week? Yeah. Interim Rangers manager. Yeah. This is good, isn't it? Hmm. I mean, and they're pl- they're playing right now, they, aren't they? They just won too. Oh, they won. St. Mirren, St. Mirren away. Sign him up. Keep him there. They did. They won three 0 Yeah, and I wonder if um Thierry Small was playing. Uh, is, he, he is he a player manager? Thierry Small was on the bench. Uh yeah, he's player manager. Yeah, interim player manager. Yeah. That's brilliant. Mm, it is I don't see that very often, do you? No, not anymore. No. Um, and news in the week as well that uh, Itchen Bridge uh, being renamed or hoping to be renamed to the uh, Laurie McMenemy Bridge or the Laurie McMenemy Itchen Bridge. It's not going to happen, is it? It's never going to happen. Well, I've seen a separate campaign to um, rename the part of Britannia Road that uh, St. Mary's Stadium stands on to the mm-hmm. Laurie McMenemy Way or whatever. It's not completely out of the question, but it'd be great to do it whilst he's still alive. Oh, definitely. Do something for him. Uh, good news. Ross Stewart and Jack Stevens, they're, they're nearing returns. And the former is said to be training at Staplewood on his own, uh, doing a few little things, I guess. And this international break is good timing for him. I know we say that all the time. This is a good time for this. But, you yeah, know, this is perfect for, for Ross Stewart um, personally. And maybe we might see him before the month is out. I think maybe the whole one's a little bit too soon. Lone watch. Uh, Lewis Payne, his Newport County side, they lost 2-1 at home to Harrogate. He picked up an assist, though, for the Newport goal, and he'd only been on the field for five minutes. So that was um excellent, excellent uh, introduction for him. Don Ballard's Reading, um, he went to the Sixfields on Tuesday night. Uh, an unfortunate 2-1 loss to Northampton, but he came off the bench in the 66th minute and scored his first league goal. So that's brilliant, uh, continuing to impress on whatever level he's in. Um, and I always have a look at Paulo Onuachu to see how he's getting on, but he they lost and he didn't score. Under 21s then. They played on Wednesday at the Snows in the International Cup and they played Lyon. And it was an exciting opening match in that competition. It was a seven-goal thriller. Uh, we came out on the wrong side just 4-3. So we were 3-0 down, scored our first through a batcherman in the 71st minute. 
Uh, Tyler Dibbling then scored a double on the 80th and 82nd to level it up, only for Leon to get the winner three minutes into injury time. So, yeah, desperately unlucky. Um, and they had 60% possession in that game as well. So that kind of uh, that is filtering down to the under 21s as well. Um, and the next match is Wolves away on Monday the 30th. Uh, the women are currently playing right now against Watford and they are 1-0 up. Uh, Sophia Farah scored in the 19th minute. So that's good. After that 3-1 loss last week, um, that was a very, very bad day. I don't know what that was because Birmingham have been struggling and I guess we're underestimating them, kind of like what Saints did to Rotherham, especially in that second half. Uh, Emily Kraft scored a consolation 97th minute. Uh, but yeah, 3-1 loss to Birmingham last week. And lastly for me, the under-18s, uh, West Ham, they played on Saturday and they drew 2-2 at Staplewood. Uh, Nick Oyakunle, uh, another two goals. So, yeah, he's banging in the goals. I think he's got three goals, uh, sorry, five goals in three games now. So uh, excellent scoring run for him. Uh, and they play Reading uh, away next on the Saturday the 21st. Uh, Kevin, uh, you speak now because we've got the um, Player and Goal of the Month to award for that amazing month that was September. Wonderful month, September. I know. <laughs> There's the other highlight here and there, wasn't there? Um, that <laughs> yeah, league, the end. game rounded yeah. it off quite well. And um, actually gave us some goals to choose from. So, um, yeah, we'll start with Player of the Month. Uh, our options were Kyle Walker-Peters, Adam Armstrong, uh, Will Smallbone and Jan Bednarek. And, uh, yeah, Adam Armstrong... Just about gets it 47% um, over Walker Peters, 33. Nobody liked it. It's small one, at least on Twitter. Um, what <laughs> no. was it like on Instagram? Do you know what? I was looking at those. It got 0% of the votes. And I thought, yeah. the only reason that he's in this poll was because Kev made him man of the match I, twice in the match. I made him man of the match, yeah. <laughs> um, so he picked up uh, 8% of the votes on, on Instagram. Okay. Um, but all, Adam Armstrong then picked up 68% of the votes on Instagram. So to only come away with 47% of the votes on Twitter, that's that, that's quite harsh because I think he was the only standout in September, really. Yeah, Suleiman towards the end. Um, yeah, Alcaraz a little bit. Yeah, I think we're the only consistently decent player has been um, yeah, Adama. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to say so, wouldn't you? Mm. Um so, yeah, for the goal of the month, um, three Adam Armstrong goals uh, to choose from, plus small bones against Leeds. Adam Armstrong's first goal against Leeds grabs it with 55% of the point. Yeah, that was the chip, wasn't it? That was the little, uh, little mm. dink over Melier. And um, I was disappointed that the second one didn't get it, because I much prefer to see um, Sam Byron on his ass, twisting. Eating back grass, the yeah. And then... Um, yeah, and that, that angle. Tim, which one did you vote for? I voted for the Adam Armstrong dink over the Meslier. So that's the one that won it, the the, the first one. Mm. Yeah, I was I, I was I was going for the second, but yeah. Yeah, um, me too. Will, Paul Will Smallbone, that was a good finish as well. The one that he dinked in off the post, that only got five percent of the votes. So. Mm. Unlucky, but yeah. So Adam Armstrong wins both then, player and goal of the month for September, as he did in August. Wow. Mm. He's running away. Yeah, absolutely. OK, then. So we'll go into that Stoke game then. A win to talk about. A brilliant win. Uh, Stuart Armstrong. Oh, are we going to call him Stuart Ward-Prowse now? Um, inch perfect free kick uh, to give us back to back wins. One I thought I'd, um, potentially we'd screw up. Um, not not the Rotherham one. Uh, and should have killed the game off then a little bit earlier as well. But and then you get to say we held on a little. We rode our luck uh, with the ref at times. But yeah, it was 
It was it was more of a relief this one. Uh, and the starters, despite uh, Russell Martin hinting at changes, he decided to go unchanged from that Leeds win. Um, and it was the first time that he's actually named an unchanged side. Um, so, yeah, slightly surprised with that, Kev, or, you know, pleasantly surprised? No, I did say that I kind of expected it. And um, you could see from the previous game that he was making substitutions, possibly to rest players so they could yeah, um, play against yeah. Stoke. Yes, Sudamana does bring to mind. So, yeah, not that much of a surprise. I think it was it was the right choice to be able to slot everything in. We wanted to keep the consistency going, and we took the last opportunity with Leeds and was very successful with it. So why not just keep it going? We need to build some rhythm. We building need some success. And if the opportunity was there to just keep that going, don't you know? Don't need to rotate out and keep uh and keep that same lineup. Okay, I mean, I, I did expect a, a couple of changes, but uh, not. Not ones that as, are going to uh, completely. As Rasmus Ankerson doesn't say, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, um, I did expect to see some changes, if I'm being honest, but not only minor tweaks, just um, you know, like for like, really, just to give them a little bit of extra rest. But um, it didn't happen. I wasn't, I wasn't upset with it. I thought, okay, I was just a little bit surprised, but yeah, pleasantly surprised, I would say. But um, yeah. So how did you feel the game went then? Because our performance, I mean, yeah, you have to look at it. We won, got the three points. Russell Martin said, and I quote, we were great. No, I don't think we were. I mean, it was a professional performance, but I wouldn't say we were great. It wasn't it wasn't comfortable at times. I think we needed to do what we needed to get done. Uh, we mm. went in there and it wasn't the, the prettiest game. It wasn't the most successful game. It wasn't the most dominant game. But to me, when I think of the slog of the championship, you go away from home midweek uh, again and with the meme of with a cold Tuesday night in Stoke we were able to do it and came out with it. So I'm going to look back on it in, in three months and say, well, we, we did it midweek and it wasn't pretty, but three mm. points walked away and I'll take it. So when he, I think he's pampering them up and saying that we were fantastic. I wish he would came out and said, we, we went through the slog, we did it onto the next one. We're going to just keep, you know, keep the churn going. We're just going to keep it moving. Yeah. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have said it was great. I, it was a, Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Say it was uncomfortable at times. It wasn't exactly a brilliant watch. But uh, Kev Sulemana put in another good performance. He also, you know... He started against Rotherham. He obviously came off against them as well because I think uh, Russell Martin had said that he was, you know, he was all out of energy. Uh, he, he was never going to start him, uh, never going to play him for the 90 minutes against Rotherham. But uh, he did put in a good performance against Stoke, uh, and he was given uh, is it Kajani Hoover at the at right back so many issues. I mean, he's always willing to take. It's not just him; it's all right backs. He's going to give him a lot of problems and. 
And Hoover had a really difficult time. I think he picked up a yellow, didn't he, quite early? But yeah, Sulemana had him every time. And it's another example right there that we should have killed the game off. You've got someone as, as, as dominant as Sulemana against a defender that's all over the place. And we still couldn't pick them apart. Yeah, I mean, that was one of the key battles. Um, that, yeah, he yeah. definitely dominated that, that wing. Again, say the same thing against Rotherham. That didn't really come to anything. He created so much, but uh, yeah. Mm. So, the outcome, yeah, not, not scoring a goal from open play. It was kind of unexpected. We're not doing enough. And I think if, if we had have uh, scored a second goal just after halftime, perhaps maybe just to stamp our authority on the game a little bit more, then I would have said, yeah, really, really good performance. We did, did what we had to do, but it was just kind of limped over the line, didn't we? But um, the, the goal, though, Stuart Armstrong, ah, what a beauty. That was that was great. Really, really good. Yeah, I mean, we were kind of unsure who was going to take over set these duties after what perhaps left. And it's kind of been rotating between a few. And we've seen both Armstrong's taken and small bones taken a few, hasn't he? Manning, uh, Alcaraz. Manning. Yeah. yeah, it's been going out of the shop. So I think, you know, after that, uh, maybe Stu's cementing his place as our set piece taken. I hope so. And he was on corner duty at Rotherham as well. So, yeah, that was... um. Yeah, hopefully. But then again, he's not always going to play, is he? So, um, But yeah, Tim, we did have help from the referee. They had a penalty claim. Um, Jan Bednarek bringing down Nathan Lowe. Uh, penalty for you? Yeah, <laughs> we got lucky with that one. So just going <laughs> to just going to say thanks for whomever slipped the 20 pound <laughs> bill in the referee's pocket. Yeah, not but... that cheap. Jesus. <laughs> Kev, penalty for you. Any complaints? Um, yeah, at the time it did seem like a penalty. I've tried to find um, a replay, but I can't, I can't find anything. I even looked at um, Stoke City's highlights of the match. You'd think that they'd include that to um, push the narrative that they were hard done by, but not couldn't find anything. So yeah, I mean, I have you have you tried the the, the the Twitter hashtag SCFC because you probably get some few a few things there. <laughs> ah, I didn't think about that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I reckon they'll probably be. Be banging on. I mean, they were talking about the ref straight after the game. I wanted to, to join that hashtag just to uh, anonymously, of course, just to see what was uh, what was going on. Um, but we were helped out with the ref a little bit further. He took out Walter Berger at one point as well, didn't he? <laughs> Did you see that? He collided with the ref, and uh, yeah, and they obviously had to stop play. And um... I mean, I suppose it really should have been predictable, but it was yeah, very physical um, kind of scrappy game. There's a lot of um, a lot of rucks happening throughout. Loads of yellow cards being thrown about. It did get quite chippy, didn't it, towards the end? Yeah, five yellow cards, I think, in total. Carried on um, at, at the whistle as well, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't really understand what started it, but um, yeah, it I've, really kicked off, didn't it? I've heard some rumours. I, I don't know if it's true, but apparently, I mean, someone had said something uh, <laughs> nasty, let's say, to um, Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, and that's yeah. what that's what started it. Apparently, that's what I've heard. So, um, do you say the Falklands are British? Or... <laughs> maybe, maybe uh, he didn't. Yeah, he, he it, that's what I've heard. Anyway, he said something um, to, to Alcaraz, and, and you could see by Alcaraz's reaction. I mean, we were walking off the pitch. We won the game. There was no reason to, mm. to to go and you know stir anything up with them. So it was clearly come from from Stoke's end. Um, but I love it because. They asked Russell Martin at the end of the game what was going on, and he said, I don't know. I didn't get involved because Wesley is huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we had 10 minutes of added time, Tim, because Ben Wilmot was uh, colliding with the post, wasn't he, uh, after that Sulemana shot? That looked, oh, that looked nasty. Um, it, yeah. Ugh. Stats 
suggest that it was comfortable. I mean, we conceded just two shots on target, no real big chances, but it was a more of a more of a case of what could have been. And I don't know, Alex Alex Neil also felt that you know free kicks sh- should have been given to Stoke. But Tim, from from Stoke's point of view, I think they feel like this was you know points that they could have had here. Yeah, I think they should have expected or at least from the from the from the run of play with everything going on that a draw was uh, the appropriate uh, the outcome but they got unlucky with a number of different things yes the burger got taken out by the referee i thought that was hilarious because if you take a look and see how he goes through it looks like he just got like I mean, he, it looks like he just got picked off. Like he just completely does like a, I want to say a full dive, but he, all of a sudden he just, his body flails down. It looks like he's, um, it, yeah, it looks like he, 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 honestly, it looks like he got shot and as he was running at you. So well worth uh, the 20 deep, pounds, wasn't it? It was definitely yes, worth it. That extra little hip check for him. But besides that, uh, there was a lot of things. I think they should have, exp- it, all in all, they should have gotten the penalty if they would have converted it, it would have been one, one. And I don't think we would have been able to convert anything further. Uh, I think we were ho-hum, especially in the second half. We've kind of settled in as we saw with the Rotherham game. Uh, we need to have a better, we need to just have constant attack and a constant movement. Whereas we feel that I almost feel like we're regressive. So uh, lucky to take the, the one zero win. Definitely. We'll be happy to take the clean sheet, but it could have been better. It could have been better. Again, we, we, we should have um, taken the chances that, that we got. That obviously weren't as many as against Rotherham, but I think this is the most nervous I felt when when we've been in the league. Yeah? Yeah. I mean, not that that, that goal was particularly early on, but, you know, we had about an hour of uh, can we kill the game or can we get another? Are we going to set ourselves up to concede? Yeah, I, I was very nervous for that second half. But, um, yeah, good hard-fought win. Yeah, that was t- we were 10th on the table down on 17th, uh, 16 points, rather. That was five wins, four losses, and a draw. Um, Kev, do you have any stats from this game? Yeah, yeah, quite a few. Um, we did have the majority of possession. Yeah, 58%. Nine shots to their 15. Um, wow. Which is kind of surprising. Four shots on target to their two. Yeah, see, so, they didn't they didn't really test Bazunu, did they? So they're saying that they they feel hard done mm-hmm. by by the referee decisions, but yeah, they didn't really test us. They had 15 shots, but I don't remember half of them, and the ones no. that were important weren't really uh, testing Bazunu. So they, they did it to themselves a little bit. Pretty much. What else do you want? Um, XG. That should be XG, a fun one. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, 0.7 for Stoke and 0.9 for Saints. Yeah. Well, that's not surprising, is it? Uh, only 58% possession as well. Not an awful lot. But then, mm-hmm. you know, you're going away from home. Uh, still dominating the possession. Not as much as we did against Rotherham. But again, if you're not going to if you're not going to score the goals then it makes no difference whatsoever. Um, Russell Martin, then he said, I thought we were great. Really good to follow up on the effort we put in on Saturday against another really good team. I'm really proud of the boys and really grateful to them. We built up so well in the first half, but it kept breaking down in the final third. <laughs> Where have we heard that before? Mm-hmm. Uh, in transition, we were really good. Flynn was monstrous today, uh, and, it was, and it has been the Flynn we know in the last two games. He's been outstanding. We should have killed the game. We had some incredible chances too. We had to show both sides of the game tonight, and we did that. 
I'm really pleased for Gavin Bazunu and the back four for everyone. It was a real team effort for the clean sheet. I mean, he could have been talking about any game, really, couldn't he? Uh, the Rotherham game as well. Um, and going on to that then, um, with... Uh, Not with a clean sheet. Well, no, that's true, yeah. Uh, with uh, the Flynn Downs monstrous performance echoing in your ears, Tim, who was your man of the match? Uh, the referee. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I wanted, to get, I wanted to give it to him too. I really did. Yeah, I thought Ben Benaric was actually absolutely fantastic, but because he did that, uh, the little rugby tackle on him, I don't want to be able to give uh, Benaric the uh, the shout out. I did think Flynn Downs was fantastic as well. I thought that the defense, because we were able to hold in and solidify, and I didn't feel too you know too scared of uh, it was uh, it, it was good. But let's give where appropriateness is, uh, is is deserved. And with the clean sheet, with all the shit that he gets, I'm going to go with Gavin Bazunu. Oh, okay. I thought that Bazunu was going to be um, a bit of a, a left-field choice. Um, so I was going to do my stereotypical typical left-field choice. And um, because it's been so long since we've had a clean sheet, and um, Bazunu, he's been... He's been mentioned when we've been talking about our, our favourite players and performances for each match, but never really been given um, the accolade of uh, man of the match. So since Tim's done that, I can I can look elsewhere. And yeah, I mean, Russell Martin does like to big him up. But um, yeah, I thought Flynn Downs disappointing at the beginning of the season, but I thought against Stoke, it's probably the, the best, best game I've seen him play in the Saints shirt. Well, I'll give honourable mentions to... Um, Bednarik and Harwood Bellis, I thought they were, they were good um, at shoring up the defence. And um, Suleimana, exciting uh, on, on that wing, really um, kicking Hoover's bum. But ultimately, nothing came from it. Um, Stuart Armstrong's got a goal. Uh, so it's strange that I won't give it to him. But like I said, I want to go a bit left field. So I'm going to agree with Russell Martin and give it to Flynn. Ah, OK. Well, I really wanted to give it to Stu because... Um... Well, why not? Because yeah. of the goal. But I don't think he had the greatest of starts to the game, to be honest. I think he gave the ball away quite a bit. And I thought, oh, my goodness, he's not having the, not having a good game here. But, um, yeah, the free kick was just excellent. Um, yeah, Flynn Downs was good, uh, as you and uh, Russell Martin has said. But I don't know. I'm going to go. I'm going to give it to one of the d- defensive core because I think they were they were key in it. I'm going to give it to Taylor Harwood Bellis because I oh, think wow. this was I think this was his no, best performance. Not no, well, as Tim said, the uh, the rugby tackle for the penalty was unforgivable, really, and but yeah. he got he got away with it. I mean, if we had have had VAR that game, then everyone would be criticising Jan Bednarik for that mistake because it was a mistake. He shouldn't have done that, um, but we got away with it. So I'm going to give it to the other one because I thought Howard Bellis was brilliant. Um, no mistakes uh, for the second game running for him, and I think yeah, he's just settling in nicely. Oh well. I mean, he did give the, uh, the, the ball away. We'll get on to Rotherham in a bit. For the yeah. Rotherham game. But, <laughs> but yeah, uh, at the time, I thought, yeah, he's, he's, he's got all his mistakes, you know, out of the way. Uh, a brilliant performance. So I'm going to give it to him while we know we're going to, you know, turn around uh, against him in, in the Rotherham game. But um, yeah, Taylor Howard Bellis for me. Um, and, and going on to that uh, Rotherham game, yeah, very frustrating. I mean, it was just awful. I remember, like, the people next to me had already left. I think they left as soon as the Rotherham goal went in. And I, when the whistle went, I found myself punching the seat next to me in anger. I don't do that. I was so angry. And, but obviously the second half was marred massively by the fan who collapsed. That was, um, 
really distressing and i don't know if you guys saw what was going on at all but it was right behind me couldn't concentrate on the game after that it was just so horrible because um so yeah big big shout out to, to the uh victor johansson in the rubber room net who tried to get the game stopped because the ref wouldn't do it mm. um but was told to get back on with it yeah nasty nasty and i've heard that he was revived and he was taken to hospital so i hope i hope he's doing okay um but yeah the game itself it was yeah one one another goal from Stuart armstrong very much different type of goal than the Stoke one. Just right place at the right time to pounce on a rebound. Uh, but we were pegged back in the 74th minute from Jordan Hugo with a lovely lob on Gavin Bazunu. Uh, but the, the starters and, and changes then. So he took the same 18, well, the same 18 that he took to Stoke. Um, the only change was uh, was Shea Adams back in the 11 with Alcaraz taking a seat. Do you, I mean, we did expect more changes perhaps, but was this surely just for a rest for him i mean what was his thinking here kev i mean that that's the only thing that i i would assume would be right and um uh, yeah maybe a bit surprising that he's brought shay in out of doldrums um but you know he has to play at some point doesn't he he does well after that i don't know if he does but um tim were you surprised with the re-inclusion of no, shay that bad. Hmm. no not really I think that they felt uh, instead of that false nine with Charlie, they wanted more a progressive uh, number nine. So Adams is naturally going to sit higher up the pit, up the pitch. That didn't work, though, did it? What's the old Mike Tyson adage? Everything uh, goes out the window. Every plane you have goes out the window when you get punched in the mouth. Well, yeah. every plane that you have goes out the window when all of a sudden you're, you know, you're, you're one goal up and like you're now Russell Martin telling everybody to sit back and just play possession game. That's not what we should have done. And it seemed like we did. Uh, so to me, I think that the early goal did throw everything off. But uh, it, it didn't work overall because it, it, it just we just we weren't we weren't being progressive enough up the field. Uh, the heat map shows that we are way too much in the middle of the field, and I don't think that was able to get to Adams' strength, despite the fact that he you know he got that first uh, first shot on on the post, and then Adam, and then uh, Stu Armstrong came in and solidified and came through. Yeah, Kev, while we're on. Uh... Shay, I want to talk to him and discuss his role, like because there were plenty Should of people. We give him not... a call? <laughs> yeah, let's let's do it. Um, there's plenty of people not happy with him being included, like walking up to the stadium. A lot of them are saying, "Why is he in? You know, what's he done to to warrant a place in this side? Doesn't look like he wants to be here." Um, I, I just think, I mean, I don't want to say that he, he's uninterested, but that's the way it looked. I mean, aside from the header that went off the post, did he do anything else of note? Was there anything that, he, that, that that you remember him doing that was really worthy? He was doing a job in the goal mouth. He does, did uh, manage to get a header off from uh, the free kick just before half time that Johansson managed to pull off one of a number of wonder mm. saves to clear. Yeah, I mean, he had some some, some decent touches. That little back heel to Carl Walker-Peters, that was really cute. Dharma, when he had a shot, where, I mean, Suleimana kind of cuts the ball back to him from the mm-hmm. from the goal line. And, uh, yeah, Adam Armstrong pulls off uh, a shot, forces a save from Johansson. But That's Shea right. was right next to him, and he could have kind of... Um, that might have been enough to put him off. If they just um, <laughs> cut it across to Shea and um, Shea and stick it home. But anyway, he'd probably uh, stick it in Rose Z. So, yeah, yeah. I, I understand the, the feeling. Like, sometimes he does look a bit lazy, like his heart's not in it. But um, 
you know, I think maybe that's just a bit of a, a stereotypical view we've got of him because of the situation um, with the with the transfer window that we get the impression that he doesn't want to stay here. So we look for for things that mm. sort of back that up rather than um, looking at what he does bring to the side. And, you know, I mean, I, I can perfectly understand the logic against Stoke. We didn't really have a, a proper striker, really. I mean, uh, Adam Armstrong, yes, he was in the team, but, you know, but Russell Martin seems to to prefer to play him out on the wing. Um, yeah, rather yeah. than, you know, up front in the box. So, I think it just adds an extra dimension. And, you know, if we'd have been more accurate in that first half um, and made the most of the chances that we did have, um, we should have just absolutely destroyed them. I mean, I, I thought I would be after Stu gets that goal after a couple of minutes, I thought it was going to be an absolute bloodbath. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, so did I. I was very really comfortable. Rubbing my hands half together. Half an hour. Yeah, half an hour. We were like, fuck me. They're going to absolutely tear him to pieces. But, um, yeah, their manager, very, very smart move um, from Matt Taylor. He kind of senses that something's wrong. Well, I have to say sense. <laughs> it's pretty fucking obvious there's something <laughs> wrong there. Um, but that he could have something to do to do about it. So um makes a substitution at the half hour mark, um switches to five at the back and that kind of that threw us off a bit and um we didn't really make anything at all. And then um in the the second half he makes a, a triple substitution to change back to a more attacking formation because he thinks, right, you know, uh we've managed to stay in it. Um they haven't roped the boat to us uh at one nil we're we're still in the game. Let's let's try and get something out of it and um straight away uh that little opportunity, that tiny little window, that little postage stamp of opportunity opens up and um yeah, they make the most of that. I mean the extra G must must have been in the hundreds of thousands of bit of a percent for, for Rotherham. But they've yeah, they've come all over the point. Seconding when you think of it like that. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and j- just on, on Shay a little bit, uh, something that came into my mind, like when he got subbed off in the 86th minute, I think, yeah, it was Mara, wasn't mm. it, in the 86th minute? And it was 1-1. We were desperate for a goal that we deserved, or thought we, we, we deserved. Um, he, get, he came off the pitch and he didn't even seem frustrated. He was clapping and he was smiling as if everything was fine. Now, I've seen strikers go off and things haven't gone their way and they look utterly miserable to be taken off. But I don't know, maybe it's like you said, Kev, that we're looking for for things that because of this uh, this noise about him moving on, uh, I'm just looking for, for excuses to blame him. I'm not blaming him. I just think, yeah, I might be reading a little bit too much into it, but I just I, I don't think that he had his best game. And I don't think he deserved to be playing in that side. But I mean, I'd love to hear from, from the fans regarding Shay Adams. Hello, it is Ryan. And I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, I don't really know where it, what it means for him now because does he still want to be here? I mean, when, when Ross Stewart finally gets back into the team, I mean, I'll say back, when he gets into the team, is Shea going to be forced to take a seat? Um, is he going to try and find a way to play them both? I don't think he can. 
they're going to get a bit of competition involved to see if that that spike improves spike spices them up a bit. Yeah, maybe. I mean, mm. I mean, if he does want to leave, he's not really doing a great job in selling himself. But I mean, there we are. Mm. I think that he uh, had the most uh, headers of the game, and then. He was also able to win like, by headers. He was able to win the most aerials, and he had uh, the most amount of shots for us. So, despite that, it felt like it w- he wasn't necessarily or heavily involved. The stats might say otherwise. Hmm. So, I think he was the right choice. I think it was the right fit because of Rotherham. Uh, Rotherham's uh, well, take I would say taken back nature. But when a five when they're playing a five four one or a four five one when they made that first half substitution. Uh, to me, we should have attacked and gone more and you and gone through Adams more. But I think that they I should give them a little bit of credit for their ability to sit back and ultimately neutralize him after they made that substitution. Yeah. And Kev said it was good management. That is good. Uh, brilliant. You know, you just just stopping us from doing what we wanted to do. And um, the goal, the, the early one, Stuart Armstrong again, Kyle Walker-Peters danced into the box brilliant little cross uh, for Shea who hit the post and then Stu to turn in the rebound second uh, game well second home game in a row where we've uh, took the lead in the opening two minutes but yeah great start and no worries and something that Kev said about uh, he thought it was going to be uh, you know a, a dos really it looked like it was going to be very comfortable and um, Suleimana had one saved by Johansson and Adam Armstrong flicked in that that second my goodness, that would have been brilliant, wouldn't it? That would have been, you know, goal of the month straight away. Um, but again, you know, offside. Um, and all the possession, Kevin. Just I mean, offside. Just offside, yeah. All the possession. I don't know what it was at halftime, but it must have been in the 80s, but we just couldn't put the game to bed. Um, and then I don't even know what happened in the second half. It wasn't. It was never going anywhere. It was so frustrating. And I guess this is on Matt Taylor, isn't it? Just limiting our chances when the stats came up at, at half time i was i was in shock i mean they, they were just insane i should have um uh my, like screenshot them or something um but you were comfortable that from those stats in the second half going into the second half that we were probably going to win this game three or four nil you know the second half onslaught was going to come but it didn't uh, no i thought you know with the chances we got and um yeah i mean they're, they're keep i mean right from the uh Outset, I mean, just save after save after save. I mean, just superhuman. And I thought that we were really unfortunate to be just one nil up at half time, and for mm. Rotherham to still be in the game. Um, you know, it's just an, a combination of luck, great performance from the keeper, and, and we can't really blame the players because the other chances were there. It's just um, didn't really go their way so yeah at that point at half time yeah I was fine I thought it was going to be 2 you know, just like my prediction that we'll get that second goal and then brother and won't know what to do after that <laughs> but yeah the longer it dragged on the the more nervous uh, more nervous I got and then that goal just came completely out of nowhere didn't it just it, it did and absolutely I, I... nothing I was not nervous at all because I thought, you know, even if we just hang on for a 1-0, it's not going to be what we want, but we'll still get the three points and, yeah, we'll move on. Um, but, yeah, Rotherham Tim had two shots on target, and that was the first one, the one that mattered. Uh, Jordan Hugill lobbing Bazunu, uh, taking advantage of, of a poor clearance from THB. 
Um, it was a good hit, wasn't it? It was a good goal, but it was just a little bit deflating against the run of play. Um, and it gave them a boost after that as well, because they got their second shot on target just after, and it forced a top save from Bazunu. But, I mean, that goal, was it Bazunu out of position? Was it was uh, t- t- uh, Taylor Howard-Bellis just, you know, panicking with a clearance? I mean, all of the above. Yes. Uh, Bazunu shouldn't have been out that far. I recognize why he just, wanted to be able relaxed, to Just relaxed, be... wasn't he? Just so relaxed, because he hadn't had anything to do. Yeah. I think that uh, it was just a mental breakdown. He was sitting back there, and I mean, I've been a keeper for a long time, and playing against a team where you're not doing, you know, you're not you're not in the in the game, you're not in the zone. Uh, I think it was just a breakdown that's a little bit of uh, it's luck to Rotherham, but then it's also poor uh, poor by design and poor by action uh, on our side. So, yeah, you said run of play. That's exactly what they did when they wanted, they made that tactical change and we're just hoping for that counter and we're opening up to it and any chance that they could get, they're going to take and uh, luck fell their way to get that sec- that first goal. Yeah. Did, did, did he need to be off his line? No. At that point? So I, I don't all. understand it at all. No, he didn't. That's what I'm saying. It was just, it was just a complete loss in concentration, I guess, just sort of wandering. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, there was lots of head shaking and lots of disbelief because it was against the run of play. It was like, what has happened here? We can't throw this away now. But, you know, there was still time to go and get do something about it, and it never happened. And, Kev, I want to discuss these, sat, uh, these stats now because it wasn't even close, was it? And how, how can you have these stats and only come away with a point against a side who hasn't picked up anything on the road? Like we said, just poor luck, really. So, yeah, we had uh, <laughs> 80% possession even at full time. Can't oh. believe that. Um, yeah, 22 shots to their, their four. Of of those, uh, we had 10 shots on target. Like you said, they only had two. Uh, one, only really one of note. Uh, we had almost a 1,000 touches again, 986. Not surprising. Those passes are nearly up in the 1,000 as well, I imagine. 800 passes, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, just every, every statistic you can imagine, uh, we just absolutely dominate. And apart from the defensive stats, obviously, for some rather than on the defensive for most of what they were doing. But uh, and yeah, obviously three, the three, score line as well. That's the big one. Yeah. Three, three big chances, 88 progressive passes. And uh, where's the XG? I don't even want to know the XG. I mean, it's going to be about, you know, 3.6 to 0.4 or something ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, 3.0 for us and 0.1 for them. I wasn't far off when I said it was sweeping, <laughs> but a thousand. Yeah. 0.1, yeah, incredible. Yeah, there was obvious anger uh, and booing at, at the whistle. Uh, and, and Russell Martin, Tim, was approached by an angry fan and he said something to him. And I have what you said in an interview um, but you said, yeah, a guy at the end booing and going absolutely crazy. One of our supporters. I understand there's frustration when you've just w- watched a dominant performance and not won. Uh, but I'm not sure the players deserve that vitriol. So I said something to him. I think it's important to recognise it's been a good week. So, Tim, there's a fine line, though, isn't there? I mean, everything's rosy in the first half. We're looking likely to make it nine points from nine. You know, the Alcaraz contract, uh, the Alcaraz call up. Things are on top. You know, we're on the up. One shot from Rotherham and suddenly the week has been a disaster. And 
you know, I'm, I'm so glad that we record like a solid 20 hours after the game because, as I say, I was seething after that. And let's take a look at the, you know, Le- Leeds, Stoke away and Rotherham. You take four points there, right? Not in the way that we did, but, you know, this point just takes away our brilliant Leeds win, doesn't it, really? Yeah, if you want to flip-flop it and say Leeds was, uh, you know, if we, if we drew against Leeds and then yeah, we exactly. Stoke, and, then, and we beat Stoke and we beat Rotherham, great. But mm. it's not living up to what our potential is, and that's the problem. So to me, the potential and the necessary requirement is to beat Rotherham. And that's why it feels deflating to draw, draw against Rotherham in comparison against uh, beating Leeds. To me, I always I said earlier, you know, last week, if we got anything at, ahead of, uh, you know, looking back at, or in the season, if we thought we were going to at least draw Leeds or get any result, I would have taken it. Great. Yeah. And speaking of the fans, what their um, expectations are, there's an Instagram quote that we got, Kev, that I want to read to you. And I want want to know what you have to say about this, because I agree with a lot of stuff that this guy's said. Um, so, yeah, one of the comments uh, on Instagram, um, it's from Macy J12. OK, so he says uh, he or she, I don't know. Uh, they are still playing with the handbrake on. Bizarre style of play. Too much one touch. Uh, back to the centre-backs. He's ruining a good squad of players who should be bossing the league. I've cancelled my season ticket after 15 years because of him. I can't handle the frustration. He's trying to re- uh, reinvent the wheel and comes out with more rubbish post-match each week. On a par with Jones's nonsense. The Swansea fans also say it was backwards and sideways with no end product. It's criminal with this squad. I was at Stoke and the same there. We've got this far on two last-minute winners away, two penalties against Norwich, a free kick against Stoke, and a lucky rebound off the post yesterday. I've got better things to do with my time, but I'm fuming. So, very, very angry angry uh, yeah. person that's cancelled his season ticket, but he has got a point. I mean, I agree with a lot of it, because that's why I wanted to read it out. But, I mean, firstly, this is a good squad on paper, right? I mean... Is it wrong with Russell Martin to want to play the way that he is with the directness and, you know, the creativity that we potentially have? I mean, these young, aggressive play types like Suleimana, Adozi, Amo Amiyar, uh, Stuart Armstrong, Charlie Alcaraz, Brian Fraser, Kyle Walker-Peters. And yet we're playing, you know, with Smallbone Downs, Charles in a style that suits them more so. It clearly doesn't suit our back line either because, you know, playing with our handbrake is right in that sense, not giving these players a chance to be at their best. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, the, the handbrake on. I mean, uh, we saw against Leeds what can happen when you set up a squad that can play aggressively and they when they do play aggressively. And we've got now the same squad, but um, they've kind of slipped back into those um, old Defensive ways, ways that we saw. Yeah, towards the beginning of the season where uh, we'll just try and, you know, pass it back and then sideways and back again, slowly trying to build up. And uh, it doesn't work, um, especially not uh, against team, teams like Rotherham. And especially when um, they spot an opportunity to, to park the bus a bit and frustrate us. And, and it works, you know, if, we, if we'd have gone all guns blazing. In that second half, I mean, we would have come away with uh, with three points. But yeah, like I said, uh, just that really slow build up, it just just doesn't work with those players at all. 
doesn't work with the, for the fans either. Surely he's got to take the fan the fans' uh, thoughts into account as well a little bit. You know, yeah, if, if there's a good good percentage of the fan base that are saying that they don't like the way he plays, not just the Saints fans, but the Swansea fans as well, they're saying that you know, this was his, this was his issues. Still being stubborn in the fact that he's yeah he's just not playing to the strength of the players that we have. He's playing his style, um, and he, we haven't got the players to play his style yet. Not entirely he's only got a few of them but again it's going to take I don't time isn't it agree with that. no I, don't I, agree with that. I think all the players there it's brought in players that to to do this uh yeah manning and downs have come in um mm-hmm. charles fits that system finally you know he's got yep. the players to do whatever he wants so this is um you say it's a good team on paper it's a good championship team yeah that's what but i'm talking about Bristol yeah. martin's not doing himself any any favors at all i mean that that run of four games i mean it's quite close to losing your job if we if we'd have if we we're sat here talking about you know taking zero points out of those last three games then that might be might be it for him you know? but he's bought himself some time and it's just such a silly way you know um, backwards, yeah yeah we, we'd take that game one nil nobody would have said anything we got the job done fine uh, but yeah, now he's in hot water again and uh, just another run of uh, Disappointing results or losses, uh, it's, it's not going to be good. I'm, I mean, a bit of a knee-jerk reaction to um, cancel your uh, season ticket because it's still quite early on in the season. Anything can happen. Yeah, it is early. But Tim, on the um, pointing out on the manner of you know the, how we've had our victories, like the uh, you know we've got two penalties against Norwich, we've got two last-minute winners for whatever. You know they've got the free kick against Stoke, got a lucky one off the post yesterday. I mean, point. I, I think that's a little bit unfair because you, you can always say that about any team, right? I mean, they only won this week because of that penalty or because of VAR decision or whatever. Um, I think we have to take notice that in most of these games we've won, it's because we put in brilliant defensive performances as well to allow us to get those points. I mean, I noticed that he didn't mention uh, any of the brilliant performance against Leeds. Um, mm. there, were, there were pieces of magic uh, from Armstrong in that game. Uh, that that just went unnoticed. So that there are, you know, even when we're winning games ugly, there are still strong points in the game. I just don't think we're living up to our expectations. We expect that we should be in the playoffs at a minimum right now. And our goal difference is absolute trash, thanks to a few droppings there by Leicester and Sunderland. So to me, it, what's frustrating is we are not matching where we should be at. Mm-hmm. And so while you can take the little victories and you can push through like a game against Stoke and just run with it, we'll take the clean sheet away. I'll take it. We need to be better than we were against Robert. I feel like it's frustrating because it just seems very passive in connection with then the result. So we got to push ahead. We got to look ahead because, you know, the next three games, four games, uh, I mean, these are top mid to top level uh, of the table teams. You got Hull, Preston, Birmingham, Millwall. Uh, that you know, anything is a crapshoot in the championship. And if we play passive, just like we did against Rotherham, we're going to get nicked uh, one way or the other. Yeah, you say it's a crapshoot. It really, really is, isn't it? I mean, Middlesbrough going to Stadium of Light yesterday and putting, putting four against them, something that they did to us. So, you know, it's it's all over the place. But, um, yeah, Russell Martin said, we should have been out of sight before Rotherham even scored. It's really frustrating. We were so good in the first half and we should be 3-0 up. We have paid for the lack of ruthlessness. 
after the delay in the game, we didn't come out in the second half with any with enough uh, intensity. We were still in control, but we didn't create enough. It's frustrating. Uh, he shouldn't have had that effort. It shouldn't have come to that. It's been a good week, but the overriding, overriding feeling is frustration and anger uh, that we haven't won the game. Yeah, I, I agree. Everything that he said there. Uh, man of the match. Uh, OK, I'll go. Uh, I don't even know who I went. I oh, know I do know who I went for. Yeah. Um, Kyle Walker-Peters was good, I thought. I thought you're very progressive. I don't know if you've got any stats on him, Kev. You know, the midfield was basically turning back on the play and passing backwards and all that. But, I mean, he set up that first goal. He did brilliant with that. Um, it didn't really do anything wrong. He attacked when I guess we needed him to. But, I mean, I'm going to give it to Stuart Armstrong because I thought he was all over the place when he did play. Uh, and if you check his position at the start of the goal, you see where he finished uh, from start to finish. I thought, yeah, perfect. He was he was all over the place. And say so he was on corner duties yesterday. And I think if you weigh up both of those games and the goals that he scored as well, he certainly the player of the week. So I think it's only fair that we have to give him uh, a player of the match. So, yeah, I'm going to give it to Stuart Armstrong. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. He, um, the goal against Stoke, not only did he score that wonderful free kick, but um, to mention that he was the one that won it in the first place. Mm. And the same thing here against Rotherham. He, he sets up that goal um, at the beginning and then, yeah, managed to sort of to find the decent position in the box so that when the yeah, Adams does hit the post, he, he gets the rebound. And, um, yeah, like you said, uh, um, just a great performance all round. So, yeah, he gets, gets my moment too. Oh, you're giving him, giving it to him as well. Yeah. That's good. It's also as well, as soon as he come off the field, um, not rubber and scored. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I haven't thought about it like that. Yeah. He's on the, sheets. He, actually, he wasn't in the team a lot when we were losing in those four in a row. So maybe that's the key. Put Stuart Armstrong in and we, and we win the game. Uh, Tim. Uh, who's your man of the match? Well, we didn't really touch on him very, too much in the Rotherham game. Uh, Kaladin Sulemana had only three dribbles compared to when he absolutely just destroyed Kijana Hoover. Uh, so, you know, I, I bypassed him and thinking he wasn't necessarily that great. Uh, no, I was. I wanted to be able to congrats to him against the Rotherham. I think also he is just an absolute fiend, an absolute just pace merchant, and which is something you can easily thrive and be successful in. A, and had a couple of good shots as well here. Um, but uh, once again, Stuart Armstrong, absolutely fantastic. I think he's the he's the cog, uh, not not the cog in the wheel, but basically the linchpin, and he's there to help support, bring everything together. He's got the He's got the old man mentality now, unfortunately, even though he's only 31. Uh, but to me, uh, love the guy. Uh, he'll be my next uh, next jersey, next kit that I'll get is uh, Stuart Armstrong. So he's the man of the match for me. That's excellent. And three man of the matches as well automatically puts him in contention for player of the month as well. So <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, uh, Hull then. We, I say we got an international break before we play Hull, but uh, we, we are going to do this this preview uh, and get our predictions in uh, before. So, yeah, so it's Hull on, on Saturday, the 21st of October, uh, 3 o'clock kickoff from the MKM Stadium. Tim, your nickname? The Tigers. The Tigers. Kevin, do you have a nickname? What can we call them? The Halloween Fan Club. Uh, the Halloweeners, yeah. The Windass Wonders. The Windass one. There we go. We got one. Uh, Tim, your, your whole city preview. Take it away. Yeah. 
<laughs> apathetic FC more like it since we just couldn't figure out what's going on with them. <laughs> uh, so story of the team, one of the most erratic teams over the last 30 years. I mean, they've had some really, tr- uh, you know, trouble that they've had. Uh, they've almost gotten relegated to the national league in 1998. Um, and all the way they've even finished, uh, you know, very high in the premier league, uh, you know, the 2014 FA, uh, FA cup final and with European football there. So, uh, some stints all the way down to league two, all the way up to uh, the premier league. So, most recently, they've had some serious ownership fiascos with the Allen family. Uh, there's some significant unrest, especially in 2016. Uh, when they got promoted, and Steve Bruce did probably his best managerial job out there. They got promoted with some massive issues. Um, but recently, they've gotten some new owners who have really solidified and uh, you know, didn't piss off the fans like when they tried to change the team to the whole city Tigers as the actual oh, yeah, name rather, yeah. than just, rather than just keep it as whole city. So that's a fun little drama uh, to be able to go back and look on uh, if you ever get the chance. But currently right now, in the last few years, they've maintained a low to mid-table cha- presence in the championship. Uh, last year, finishing 15th, which is about where they should have been at. They didn't really look like they were going to get relegated at all, um, but they didn't think they were going to massively thrive or you know push for those promotion places. So uh, this year, they've had a really, really strong start. But they've tapered off in the last uh, four or five games or so. Um, so they currently sit in ninth place just above us on goal difference. And they're at plus two, whereas we're at minus four. So uh, even if we drew them next week or in two weeks, we are not going to be able to uh, you know, go past them at all. The one highlight, Alfie Jones, he is a former Southampton player and has been a, a cog in, well, a linchpin in their defense. Over 100 starts uh, for them uh, in the last, um, since he left Southampton. So I want to be able to let him know. And he's, he's, he's really good in terms of like a champion, a proper championship level. And to me, I think he's going to be one of their defensive players to look out for. But really want to highlight their new transfers and a lot of them have been very impactful in a positive way. So, uh, Jaden Philogene, uh, he's big money signing from, uh, Austin Villa was right around 5 million euros. So like four and a half million pounds. Couldn't find anything on if there was any sell on clause, but he uh, came in right at the, towards the end of the window and it's been one of, if not their best players. So take a look out for him. Uh, he's out there on the left side, left wing, left midfield. Uh, he's been really good. Additionally, some of the new transfers and, uh, and on loan, they've got a few players here to look out for. So Liam, D- Liam Diop, uh, obviously a very famous name has been fairly successful for them and has been a really, really, really good. Uh, player, and I think he's got a lot of uh, potential, and reminds me a lot of Patrick Bamford in his uh, successful mm. successful days. He's got a so, very very famous dad as well. He used to play for the Saints, so big shout out is, to, to Rory. Yeah. <laughs> how how are his throw-ins? Yeah, Rory Delap, well, famous for his long throws. Yeah, I think if you have, have a look at any single picture of Rory Delap, you'll see him like wiping the ball in his shirt, or that you know with his hands <laughs> behind his back, where you know with the ball uh, at the back of his neck. Just yes. Yeah. Saw a Twitter compilation recently of all of um, Rory Dunlap's uh, assists from uh, throw-ins, and it's just incredible. Yeah. It's just supernatural. He was our record signing as well, wasn't he, for for a long time? Four million pounds in 2001. He was a long yeah. I actually think he's got on his Wikipedia page he's got a section that says throw-ins. So yeah, go and read it. 
anyway this is this is his uh his son we're talking about so yeah <laughs> couple other really good players on loan. Scott Twine coming in from Burnley. Uh, Tyler Morton coming in from Liverpool. And then Ruben Vinagre, uh, who was previously with Wolves. Uh, Vinag- oh, um, v- Vinagra. Vi- Vinagra, thank you. Mm. Um, now uh, on loan from Sporting uh, CP. And then uh, there was a signed Aaron Connolly, who uh, in Brighton's days uh, from the last few years, uh, they signed him for a very low fee. But so a lot of impactful transfers who have made a significant difference and have started a lot of games. Uh, the other t- two players, not to, to take a look at, who haven't been signed this past year, uh, is Ozan Tufan and John Michael Siri. Uh, fa- fairly mm-hmm. famous names, uh, especially Siri there with the form, but also bouncing around and has been uh, quite successful and found his uh, found his home really in uh, with, with Hull. So while they had a very hot start, the last five uh, games have been a little more ho-hum. Uh, they've uh, finally regressed to probably where they should be at. Uh, they drew Millwall 2-2, lost to Ipswich 3-0, drew Plymouth 1-1, beat Stoke 3-1, drew Leeds 0-0. So that's most recent going backwards. Uh, taking a look, tactics. Liam Resin... And is it Resinia? Resinia. Resinia. All right. Resinia. There you go. So... Uh, I think he's actually a really good coach, uh, taking a look back, and he's being able to uh, do pretty well. Uh, very uh, malleable when it comes to his formation. So last five games, nothing has started the same. 3-4-3, three, 4-3-4-2-3-1. Four, three, four, three, four, three, he's bounced back and forth based on the players that he had with a few injuries. Uh, he's very cool, uh, cool and a calm manager. And uh, when he's worked for Sky Sports, I think for a long time there, he he's really good with the media. So listen to a few of his uh his uh, press conferences, um, he's very well spoken. So, mm. uh, like I like that from uh, from a manager like Russell Martin. Although I feel like he's uh, a little too nice along the way. So strengths looking ahead: Philogene, great signing. Uh, Twine and Delap have individual ability that can shine at any time. So look out for them. And with their uh, outside of the last two games, uh, with five goals let in the last two, they've really let in very few few goals. So it was, you know, it's basically, you know, less than a goal a game at that. And if they can get back to that, uh, if they can get past um, the the two most recent games with Millwall and Ipswich, um, their defense could be pretty st- a Star Wars. Uh, weaknesses, uh, I think they are regressing to the mean. Like I said, they're maybe a mid-table team, uh, maybe yeah. a little bit higher. Um, and there's, I feel like there's a potential for them to be complacent. Mm-hmm. So to us, I think that it could be, you know, coming ahead, predictable, unpredictable, because this is the level in which, you know, you know, right at the right, you know, it's right in that threshold of people who are potentially at our level um, can be all over the place uh, when it comes to the prediction. You know, I don't think it's unpredictable, just like the, cha- the rest of the championship. And with us in our discord group, I think you're going to see predictions from everyone um, that. Uh, but uh, for me, you know, taking a look at it last time we came off an international break, we got destroyed by Leicester and. What are, what's going to happen? What are we going to take a look at? Uh, anything that can happen, especially with their quality. Yeah, I, I, have, I have a feeling we're going to see a lot um, back and forth on this one, where it's going to go. Just before I give my prediction, Kev, if you could pick one whole player to have as a Saints player, who would you take? Probably would take Liam's lap. I was thinking that too, but he's a Man City player, isn't he? So are we allowed to do that? Um, that's part of the course for us, really, isn't it? That's a good point. <laughs> it's slot right in. Yeah, I don't want Alfie Jones back, but uh, yeah. 
I, I suppose. I see what you mean. Um, yeah, my prediction. Yeah, Tim said it's it's really. I don't know where this is going to go. I I completely agree with you, Tim. I do think that that Hull they started well and they were going to be a surprise package for me. I, I potentially uh, picked them to be a, a playoff side, but I do think they're going to start falling off. But I just think that when anyone's on that bad run, I mean, you take a look at Middlesbrough, we are seem, we seem to be the team that turns them around and, you know, Rotherham as well. And we give them, you know, so much confidence. Uh, I think being at their place, I think having said that if it was at St. Mary's, I think we'd probably go away with the three points. But I don't think we are um, being away from home. And we are in a battle, close battle like that. We never seem to come out on top. So I'm going to go for a 1-1, uh, second in a row for me. So, yeah, 1-1. Yeah, I've got a similar feeling. I think that um, we, we can let, let's score a couple of goals, let in a couple of goals. And uh, yeah, I think maybe a 2-2 two, two draw. I was in two minds whether it's going to be 1-1 one, one or 2-2, two, two, but it seems as you've gone for 1-1, one, one, that might as well. Got for a go, Desmond. This game has draw written all over it, but unpredictable. But the unpredictable is the predictable, and I will take a 1-1 one, one <laughs> as well. Tim's going for a 1-1 one, one as well. Three draws. That breaks the cycle, doesn't it, a bit? Um, last two last two games, we've all gone win, draw, and a loss. But now we're all going the same. So, yeah. Uh, and on those uh, results, so those are prediction results from our Discord then. Uh, so many of you going for Saints wins over Stoke. Um, only one person going for a 1-0, and that was Kurt Supple. So, yeah, nice one, Kurt. Um, no one predicting a draw with Rotherham. Uh, not very slim Jim was the only one that went for a Rotherham win. But... Uh, no one went for a draw. So, again, the only mover uh, from the double game week is Kurt Supple. Tim Brucker still holds his lead on 20. That's four points ahead of Tony Mears. Uh, so, yeah, put your whole city predictions in when you can. You've got a fortnight to ponder it. You don't have to do it right away. But, uh, yeah, there we are. Uh, Super 6. Round 10 was won by Colin Carter and Terry Lubbock on 12 points. Uh, round 11 is still currently ongoing, waiting for Sunday's games. Uh, and the overall lead at the moment is Andrew Knight on 101. Um, so fantasy football, then, how is it looking? Let's take a look. I haven't actually checked in with my fantasy football this week. Neither have I. Um, I have 40 points, um, nine of which come from Jordan Pickford. I don't know what the fuck's happening there. Um, of course, City and Arsenal yet to play. Probably doesn't do me many favours in our Podders League. Let's have a look. I've somehow jumped up the league into sixth. Uh, one point above Jack Service and two above Mikey Maidman. Tim is now top of the league. Well done, 468. Uh, slightly better on 45 so far, but I think he's got a few players yet to play. Big, I'm just, this is 63rd. Tim's 23rd. And uh, Andy Williams is at the moment the way things down. I'll just refresh that now, yeah. Uh, tied at the top, 482 points each for Andy Williams' Jota Clue and Chris Bonner's Livra Lavia Loka. Um, Dan Buck, one point behind in the third, uh, and one point behind him is Brad S with his Brad Slads on 480. Very tight in that, that top five. There's uh, six points between them, so yeah, it's get, getting tasty. I'm oh, sorry, Tim. Tim's up to seventh. He's he's uh, creeping up to the top spot. So yeah, Tim. Yeah, I'll wait for um, we'll wait for uh, Harland to get his hat trick today, and then then he'll slip down again. Mm, that'd be good. Although I've I've not captained my captain's son. You fucking idiot. <laughs> oh well, it could be, it could be fine. I mean, who knows? Harland could be sent off. 
I do have Holland and and who and Alvarez as well. So, but they're just, playing. Just they're just not. Yeah. They're just not as captain. Um. Yeah. Gaffer. So, uh, Moscow Mush is ahead. A wine car. Uh, oh. <laughs> So lots of low scores this week, especially from uh, there has been really one standout player more than the other. Uh, if you did have uh, if you did have uh, Rowe in your team, he had nine. Um, I mean, Dewsbury Hall is only, you know, only had three. And Ray had a really good week, though, with uh, Pereira at 13 points. So um, he had the highest of the uh, the second highest of the week so far. Uh, highest went to uh, Connor Rickard, who uh, has uh, Captain Joe Perot at nine, alongside putting Broadhead in the lineup at with a one point with the vice captain, so at fifteen. Uh, so he's uh, shooting up the ranks uh, or shooting up the points, but not necessarily the ranks. And uh, unfortunately. Sweet Baby Shea, uh, Tim Brucker, played the home advantage, but only got 35 points. So it's kind of a, probably disappointing from his side. Uh, for me, only had 38 as well. And uh, taking a look at it, uh, we've got a two weeks off for the next games. Yeah, okay. Uh, so next week, uh, we, we got a nice week off, uh, but we'll be back on the 22nd to talk about that whole game. Um, and we'll have the two games to preview, Tim. Uh, the trip to Deep Dow against Preston, uh, and we welcome Birmingham City to St. Mary's. So until then, up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up oh, Southampton. Podcast Network.